What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, episode number 232, where today we're talking about The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, Fatherhood, which is on Netflix, and one more episode of Loki from the Marvel Cinematic Universe streaming on Disney+. Plus. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. I'm Roger Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Gentlemen, how are things? How was your week? It's hot. It is hot everywhere. I got I was out walking in the park yesterday and I got caught in a torrential downpour for a few minutes and then I had to walk to my car and it was so hot and so muggy. Dude. Oh my god, it was the most disgusting. I was like a big sponge. So I, I play uh, I play Xbox on occasion with a gentleman who lives in Vancouver and they are getting record heat up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah so yeah. he doesn't have air conditioning in his home because a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest don't mm-hmm. because it doesn't get this hot for very long up there. Um so he's got a window unit air conditioner now. Good. He realized if he's playing Xbox, has his window air conditioner on, and plugs a fan in, it shuts his house off. <laughs> <laughs> Found out about that in the middle of a war zone match. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. All of a sudden, that's actually kind of funny because I feel like a lot of people have that no, issue. No, we, we laughed really hard when we found out what happened to him. I saw you know what's funny about that? I saw a story last week, actually, that – um, and if there was ever a first world problem story, this this is it. Rich people in California, because of the energy crisis right now, can't charge their Teslas. Oh. <laughs> Talking about a first world problem, man. I can't charge my electric car. So I saw a Reddit comment that you would have appreciated, but I don't know if I can if I can repeat it here because it's definitely an insensitive World War II joke. Yeah. They probably that. don't. Okay. I got you. All right. I'll Fair wait. Enough. I'll wait. Hashtag That's... I apologize ahead of time to all of our Japanese viewers. Mm. Well, you just made it awkward. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. Appreciate that. I'm right. conflicted here. <laughs> what do we, uh, guys, are we watch anything besides uh, Hitman's Bodyguard, Wife, Fatherhood, and Loki this week? I mentioned to you guys that I rewatched The Waterboy for the first time in forever this week. Waterboy! About how bad that movie actually is, but it's still so stupid funny. I, I don't know. Well, it just, it's just out there with like everything that's going on. It's just like it's so weird. Well, a part of it to me that made me just, it makes me think about it. And I thought about this even back in the day. Like the one point where the guy like spits a loogie in the, in the water thing. Like somebody on the team should have beat his ass. Be like, oh, that's yeah. our water. What yeah, the fuck right? are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Yeah. And I like one of my He's favorite stupid dick. <laughs> whenever someone says anything about the water boy, the first thing I think about is that, that dickhead coach. He's like, how's my little aquatic engineer? That's my favorite line in the whole movie. It's just like what? It's like one of the most memorable lines. Red bow, you. My brother. I remember my brother really liking that movie growing up. It was like one. It was one well, of the more watched. That's the movies. thing, though. It's it's funny and like that was the one of the only movies, or excuse me, the very first movie I ever watched in the movie theater twice. Huh. All right. Because, was it really? Well, yeah, because it was one of those things we went and watched it one weekend, me and a group of buddies, and then like the next weekend we didn't have anything to do. We're like, you want to go to the movies? So we get out to the movies. What do you want to watch? <laughs> uh. Fuck it, let's just watch the water boy again. And it's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Vicky Valencourt. Uh, probably on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Vicky showed me her movies. I like them too. I like them too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah, it's a, it's a weird. I, uh... I see a lot of girls. I see a lot of guys too. <laughs> and that one chick's like, hey. <laughs> the one freaks out and runs away. I like you. You're a bad boy. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I rewatched Luca uh, again over the, over the weekend and Still super lukewarm on that movie, but you know, is what it is. Well, Luke, I mean, hey, as, warm. as long as your kids are enjoying it, I mean, that's that's a win win for warm, you, right? Warm. <laughs> Let me bomb on my bad joke. Sitting oh, <laughs> me like, you shame on you. Well, Chris, okay, here's here's a question, and I always appreciate these, these 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 metrics because it's just interesting to me for streaming. But your kids are still like watching it, like turning it on and watching it. 
Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I'm, they're enjoying it, you know, a good bit, to be honest. Mm. Good. Also, you know, I was running around in a, I was, I stopped in a GameStop this weekend mm-hmm. and guess what I saw on the shelves? What Wii game I saw? I didn't know sorry, not Wii, a Switch game I saw. I didn't look for it on Xbox and PlayStation. I saw a Spirit Lucky's Big Adventure. Really? They made, they made a game on that awful movie we talked about. Like I'm just, and it's already, ew. Yeah, no, thank you. But I don't understand like what parents watch that movie with their kid and be like, "You want to buy that? You want well, forty I mean, more of my dollars?" The they, 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 but you know, they might also like the game. I get it. Are and we still doing that? Father of of small crotch goblins. I get it. <laughs> are we still doing the whole crotch most, goblin thing? Yeah, most kids' movies get a kids' game as well. Yes, the, completely. Yeah. I didn't know we were still. I know for a while in the early two, very early two thousands, that was like. Every kids' movie and some adult movies all had. I mean, it was just so many a year. They should sometimes, but they're, but they're good. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes they're serviceable. Sometimes they're serviceable. Most of the time, they're just terrible. The only like, time that rule does that rule doesn't apply is Spider Man. Those are great. Yeah, yeah much, much better than that Avengers game they put out very oh, recently. God. Here was just a disaster. It was so bad. No, I don't even want to. It's so bad. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, all right, the Spider-Man games are incredible. Anything else you guys got going on this week? This this week? Hmm. I don't know. I watched all three Oceans movies. There's four Oceans movies, Grayson. There's but <laughs> one I don't count because it's you know it's not. I, I don't really think it's part. What of Oceans? The, the second one because it was awful. No, the Oceans Eight. What's wrong with that movie? I just don't think it's part. Of, like I like the original three Ocean movies. I'm not. I know it's not the original because it's part of the Rat Pack thing. But mm-hmm. I just I think those all go together very well. Just because you. Don't like something doesn't mean it isn't part of whatever it's true. Part of. Also, I didn't watch it because it's also not on the stream. I watched all eight Marvel movies. The other fourteen I don't count because I don't like them. <laughs> I watched all the movies in the in the Marvel franchise. Well, my real reason it just wasn't available on stream. <laughs> hold on, hold on. When we when we talked about Ocean's Ocean's Eight, we we that was a, we trashed that movie. So I mean, it's pretty atrocious. But it's also, better than the second Ocean's movie though. Yeah, but also the third one I think is my favorite. The um also because it wasn't available on streaming, so that's why okay. I didn't watch it. There, there's a better, there's a better reason. <laughs> and and I also watched just today, even as I was in and out of sleep, the original Fast and Furious, which I'm gonna sure. try to get. I'm gonna try to do all of them before I watch Fast Nine this weekend. Oh, that's a lot of furiosity. Me, me, and, my, <laughs> me and my brother talked about that, and not only we're gonna do it now. <laughs> no, well they're all available on HBO Max. Very furious. I mean, Fast would be faster. That's for sure. I'm going I, on Tuesday to watch it, so I'm super pumped. Yeah. That, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. Just it's, it was very nice to see like huge crowds again at a movie theater, and I did see it this week. Although I didn't watch it this weekend, but um, when I watched Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife, it was huge crowds for fans. Yeah, there was a ton of people at the theater when I went. And I was like, oh my god, there's gonna be so many people in my theater. Walked in, nope, it was just me and some other bald dude. How many nice. for you? There were there were six total people in my viewing of the yeah. Man's <laughs> There were there was I me was totally fine with that. Oh, I was, there was I was my fine. there was myself, another dude, and then two couples behind us, and we were laughing. Me and the other dude were laughing obnoxiously the whole time. And when he's talking about doing coke, <laughs> we'll circle back to that. <laughs> I, I laughed really hard. Yeah. All right, this is episode two hundred and thirty-two of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which post. Each and every Tuesday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, that's New York time, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Each and every week we start with the box office, current upcoming releases, what streaming trailers, and movies of the week. So without further ado, let's jump and into you. the box. <laughs> without further ado, let's box office 
No surprise here, as it no one's going to be surprised. Fast nine bringing in 70, 70 uh, domestic millions, and then worldwide, $404 million. Almost 405, just shy of it. That's a that's a nice little decent opener for, for a movie like that. Decent opener. Things are back. So <laughs> right. to put that in perspective, the previous largest opening was Godzilla or King Kong versus Godzilla. That was the name of it, right? Not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um with forty million. So I think it was Godzilla versus Kong. Well, who cares? Okay. <laughs> hey, where the two domestic. giant monsters fought each other. <laughs> yeah, that, that one. I actually just listened to our episode on that too. It's quite it's quite entertaining. Uh, I'm sure I was great. Thanks. Number two, A Quiet Place, part two, 6.2 million, bringing in a worldwide. <laughs> 76. <laughs> well, a, a very respectable 248 worldwide. Uh, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, 4.9 million, bringing in worldwide 31, which isn't great. But that's also a rated R. That's rated R, right? It's rated R comedy. Yeah, and that's a hard R comedy, too. Yes. <laughs> All right. Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, number four, 4.9 million. American dollars. <laughs> Bringing its worldwide total, Roger, to 107. So they're definitely going to make another one. Of course they are. And Cruella, bringing in an additional 3.7 million, number five, 183 worldwide. I think that movie's probably going to be capped out at less than 200. So. Yeah, but they got their Disney Plus money out of that too, though. So hell yeah, they did. I mean, they're, they're, look, they're, look, they're not Disney's not hurting for nope. everything that they release. I'm sure is some kind of profit. I'm sure even Luca, which how do they quantify view, viewership to dollars? I'm sure it's been a win for, for them. But uh, we were not will not talk about Luca on this one, but it will be in one of our segments coming up. <clears throat> All I right, mean, what's streaming this, today? We're taking a look at Disney Plus. Luca by wow. director Enrico Casero. Master of the Segway. <laughs> I know. I know. With the cast of Jacob Tremblay, Jack Dylan Grazer, Emma Berman, Maya Rudolph, Jim Gaffigan, Sasha Baron Cohen came out this year. That's that's available for free on Disney Plus. Uh, you should definitely check that out if you like the Disney stuff. The Greatest Showman by director Michael Gacy, Hugh Jackman, Michelle Williams, Zach Efron, Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, 2018. Hot off the heels of uh, that's available now on Disney Plus. If you are still watching and liking some musicals from last week's In the Heights, you should definitely give uh, A Greatest Showman a watch. That's one of the better ones. And Christopher Robin by director Mark Foster, Ewan McGregor, Haley Atwell. That was so good. 2018. It's a it's kind of a a more real, darker take on the Winnie the Pooh, but it's it's also very emotional. Um, if you've not seen that, you should. That I mean that's a punch you in the heart movie. What is it? Christopher, Christopher Robin. Robin. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, there's that's one of the movies that actually surprised me in 2018. Of I, I, I yeah, it was better than it should have been. That's yeah, I, th- I, I think so. That's what I was gonna say. Is I, I went in expecting one thing and got something completely different, and what I got was much better. Let's take a look at some trailers. Roger and I are super happy about Ted Lasso season yeah, two, which is gonna be it's an Apple, uh, it's an Apple Pro production, so. If you were listening to our episode on Ted Lasso, the first season, we loved it. I mean, it's that's that's a straight nine and a half or a ten. It is incredible television. It, Legitimately, some of the funniest, most sincere TV you ever watch. And it's really hard for me to say that because I it, it sounds like I'm like bullshitting you about that. Ted Lasso is incredible. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. Please, if you never took a recommendation from me, watch Ted Lasso. 
You will enjoy it. Just okay, give it give it two episodes, but I promise you, after one episode, you're gonna be hooked. It is sincere is a good word for that show. And I think Jason Sudeikis is that's one of the performances of a lifetime for Sudeikis, I, I think. Uh, Roger, what would you say about that? Roy, you look like Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> <laughs> you look like Oscar the Grouch, Roy. <laughs> that's just, it's a very good, it's a very good watch. All right, let's talk about The Shrink Next Door with Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd. Good Chris, what you, what you, what you think? Is this a comedy? Is this a, is this a weird... I think it's going to be a weird dramedy. I think it's going to be a weird dramedy with more emphasis on the drama. It's a slasher. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling it's going to be more emphasis on the drama. We've seen all the comedy. It's going to be more. I mean, but Will Ferrell has been. That's kind of been his thing, of the past you know five or ten years. He's trying to get into trying to get some more serious roles, I guess. But I'm a big fan of uh, yeah, because Eurovision was definitely that. Just give me old. I'm not saying they're all like that. I'm just saying. I don't. You know. Comedies, there's a lot, a great deal of my day at work when I'm just thinking about movies is spent thinking about like. Just sad. Imagine the, <laughs> no, imagine the, <laughs> imagine the potential. Chris for, is laughing very hard. Right <laughs> I know he is. I figured he is. You two have like a combined. You guys share like a brain. Um, there's, imagine the like the, the, the I can't think of the word. The, the potential in. Doing taking one of the better comedies in the early two thousand and doing it twenty years later, it'd be tough. It would be really. tough. I don't think to do it, it would be though. Would it? But listen, really I think you could do it. I think there still could be a movie there, but it would be hard to make There's it relevant. There's so many less things you can get away with too. Where yes, you used to be able to, especially if you watch old school. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. One, of the, one of the opening if lines. Any of those comedies from like you have to remove- like mid nineties to like early like oh three oh four. Well, Take American Pie. You have to remove Stifler's character. He can't be in that movie. No, he can't exist the anymore. The things he says, they, it, it, he would never yeah. get it off the ground. All the homosexual slurs, yep. all that stuff cannot be part of cannot nope. be part of anything. And people say, you know, well, you know, that's just growth and you, you shouldn't laugh at that anyway. But what? it was funny. Well, that it was, was funny then yeah. because, well, because like, a lot that was of, part of that was part of young people's vocabulary. Well, it just it just it a just lot of was. comedy is shock value, right? That, yeah. uh, that, that's what that's what a lot of comedy is. And back then, that you know that was an acceptable form of that. So, but yeah, you couldn't do comedies the same way you did back then. So it's hard to say if they'd have potential because, I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, they, a lot some of their jokes would be completely rewritten or like scenes couldn't happen. And I don't know. It, it'd be interesting to see what you're saying, but man, it'd be tough. It'd be tough. You're right. I think you could old school. One of the ones, honestly, honestly, God, I was thinking about Roger. I completely forgot about one of the opening lines that you and I love in the taxi. Oh my god! You, you, yes. you couldn't. You can like, never have that line. If you're going to make comedy, you know, common sense tells you to somehow harken back to that scene in a in a comedy in a, twenty years later, and you, and you couldn't because it, without the one without the one word, the scene loses its impi- entire meaning of being in the film. Like it does, it's just not as funny at that point. So it'd be, it'd be, it'd be tough, but uh, I was even thinking about road trip, but like, where is Ethan Embry these days? Where is, mm-hmm. you know, Amy smart. I mean, have you, have you seen her lately? Listen, give me crank three with Amy smart. <laughs> <laughs> I love the crank movies. I think they're incredible. I like the first one. I, I, I barely remember the second one. I was, so the first one is like, it. if you're like, Hey, you know, what movie would be better than crank. Like if I did a bunch of drugs and then wrote crank, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's going. Crank 2. Right. <laughs> crank 2 had a lot of shock value. enough drugs on Crank. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then, like, double that amount to write Crank 2. 
Yeah, Craig Two was a lot of fun. Those are a lot of those movies are a lot of fun. They were they were kind of they were kind of John Wickish before John Wick. Do you think it's possible that that uh that Wrath of Man is in the Crank universe? No. Well, all right. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> That's Chev Chelios. That's where he came from. My name's Chev Chelios, and this is the day I die. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they, they had that. coke in the bathroom, and the guy's like, "Jesus, Chev, are you okay?" He's like, "Give me more coke." <laughs> <laughs> He's snorting coke off the toilet. <laughs> oh, Give me more coke. Crank and crank too. We love crank. All right, back to the shrink next. <laughs> no, just keep talking about crank. Will yeah. Ferrell, Paul Rudd. Will Ferrell's very Rod. impressive hairdo, by the way. Look, he's looking. Who's that painter? Rob Ross. Is that is that the painter from Rob like the eighties? Rob Ross. Rob Ross. Rob Ross. We're right here. I got the Funko Pop <laughs> away. Oh yeah, you, you do have the Funko Pop sitting right there. Right here on the desk now. You do. Yeah. I'll bring the, I'll bring the Deadpool one, and then I got. He has a very Deadpool, Bob, Bob Ross, Ross haircut, yeah. and it's a uh, it's great. Um, Paul Rudd says shrink, trying to help him do some things. I really hope that movie's good. That is an Apple original too. So. We're talking the glasses, about the glasses in that movie are strong. Paul Rudd's glasses are powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd, he's a great dude. I, I love seeing him in movies. He's always good. He is also a really good Ant Man. I was surprised how good of an Ant Man. I think Paul he's Rudd great Ant Man. Yeah, because I think he's just Paul Rudd. I think he's just Paul Rudd. <laughs> <Yeah. That's hard. laughs> Listen, he also he's become like Vince Vaughn. He no longer acts. He's just he's himself. Just Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah, but he's, cool. he's like the I nicer Vince Vaughn. With that guy, yeah. he would not drink a beer with me. He'd be like, "Get this freak away from me." <laughs> I'm calling the cops, sir. Get away from my table. My kids are here. You're scary. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so we're we're excited for the strike next door. We're not excited. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see it. I hope it's good. If we gotta watch it, yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not excited to talking about great segues is great white. Oh yeah. What? What did this? How did, how did this end up on our trailer list, Grayson? I just. I mean, it's a generic. You know, open water meets Jaws. I mean, yeah. I just saw an article about this week of how. Someone so apparently there's been there's been an attempt to do a Jaws remake lately, and Spielberg's like no, just ballsy. No. And so maybe this is what we got instead because whoever wanted to make Jaws like I want to make a shark movie, so maybe they just this is the movie that they made. Hold on, so they made a decent shark movie a while ago with the original Forty Seven Meters Down. That's a pretty decent movie. Then they made that awful second one that we actually talked about. What like a, almost a year ago now? Yeah, um, I think it was more than a year ago. Yeah, but it was. It was yeah, that but, was not good. I mean, so well. there's one scene in this trailer that I almost cringed at, almost and it was cringed. Well, so like it has like a side shot of the shark. It's only for a second. And, like it's got like a side shot uh, shot of the shark's face. That's hard side to say. Shot of the shark. Face. Yeah, a side yeah. shot of the shark's face. And then, like, its mouth opens, but it looks so mechanical and fake. Where like, its mouth just kind of, like, like awkwardly pops open. And it's like, oh, God. No, this is going to be bad. Well, you don't think I could get the real shark? I think it wouldn't listen? <laughs> I think there's a strong chance the real shark wouldn't listen. <laughs> that, that is just a really poorly done animatronic. Is Bullshit. What that is. We don't even use real sharks here. No? All right. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm watching. There's this cat that just tried to grab something and tried to yank it off the shelf with his teeth. I don't Cats know what's going dicks. on there. But... That's why they're the best animal. Because <laughs> he's um, like, you know what? I don't want this here. Goodbye. I actually, I actually love these two cats that are that are in uh, Amy's house that I'm living. In. It's it's actually they're actually very affectionate cats. They're just very playful and very mischievous. Mischievous, as, as all cats are. And now let's talk about the big trailer, Halloween Kills, which has been delayed one whole calendar year. Sure, because of COVID. Listen, I mean, but they also didn't randomly drop it on non-Halloween time, much like Peter Rabbit. <laughs> you know, eventually people are like just, just, just get it out, just get Peter Rabbit out, whatever. 
Um, so let's talk about Halloween Kill. So when we last – so Halloween 2018, it undid everything after 1978. And yes. so that's – this is so now there's only two movies. Complete reset of the timeline. So there's only two movies in the canon timeline, which is, my, which is Halloween 1978 and then Halloween 2018. That's yep. all we have in the timeline. So – and then where we leave Michael Myers is – Burning in a basement. That Laurie Strode has – they've – her and her family has trapped him in a burning building. Very cleverly, by the way. Yeah. Well, I mean it's – yeah. The whole thing about like welcome home, Michael. Like she said that and it just – she becomes the, the predator and he's the prey Mike. at that point. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what that's what was definitely not said. But And so now the trailer, if you see it, you see the, the fire crew responding and then Michael Myers just kills him. So yeah, no time – so it's clear that no time has passed. Since the end of like minutes Halloween have passed. to Halloween too, yeah, like the house is still on fire, the fire crew is showing up, and then the slaughter begins. Yeah, folks. here's my well, problem the with the slaughter it. continues, and I think that you know we're gonna be good call. Here's here's where my problem with Halloween kills. And anyone listening to this, you, you mean you've obviously already if you've already seen if you listen to this podcast for Halloween. If you if you're listening to this podcast. There's a good chance that you're up on the Halloween trailer and I've seen it already. The Halloween Kills trailer and I've seen it already. I don't. At what point? See, this is my problem with the with with those '80s slashers. At some point, it just becomes a joke. Because what's the point of fighting against something that you can't kill? People die, and it ain't no joke, bro. Well, but and a I very wise man once told me that people die every day, though. Oh my. Okay. You know so there's once me. I oh, hold on, hold on. You want serious movie discussion? I'm sorry. I, I was, want. I, I I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, as someone for this for the very same reason, you know that. I mean, this is, I guess, just uh, just a two minute conversation, but like a holdover from the Marvel films. Like, yes, I understand it's not real, but I, I still want some kind of still some kind of line in what they can do and what they can't do. What so beatings gonna, they can't take. And break some of the discussion though, because and what beatings they cannot this, take. This is a trilogy, so he ain't gonna die in Halloween Kills. No, I assume he's not. The third movie is called Halloween Ends. So I'm just laying that out there. No, I totally understand. But, I mean, there's a line in the trailer that says with with every kill, he he transcends a little more. Good, like Super Saiyans. But until like fine, but if that he, line he kills them, absorbs their power. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> okay, okay, just give me a second. I'm doing fine without you, buddy. If that line is in the movie, then I'm not gonna fault the movie for no one having the common sense just to point their gun at Michael Myers and pull the trigger back. We'll I mean, he's been shot several times. I understand that, Ooh. but if the if that line's not in the movie. I'm just gonna call Fooey on the whole thing. Because I mean, like, if that that fine, then that line will explain everything. Why he's kind of a mysterious being and transient. I get that. That's fine. He's a yeah, great. Thank you for the discussion. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Halloween Kills only because I just want to see how. Because I was not a hits Laurie Strode with the fucking spirit bomb. I was famously was not a fan planet. with. <laughs> if he freezes, dark spirit bomb. No, he's a safe. Yeah, but. He's not good. Hush. All right, I was famously not a fan of Halloween, the 2018. So, and a lot of people think I'm wrong on that. Although, I mean, I do not. I, I mean, I, th- I think I, I give that movie a five and a half or a six. Um, not great for where it should have been, I think. But so I liked, I liked to, uh, the 2018 Halloween movie. I thought it was actually pretty well done, and it was grounded more in reality than some of the others, the uh, older style slashers are. Because you're right, eventually those movies do kind of become a joke, with, like within themselves. 
just because it just becomes how do we kill more people in more gruesome ways and you know like they, they just remember at some point some old woman is going to get stabbed in the throat with a broken fluorescent light bulb oh yeah that's <laughs> true yeah. i'm here for it don't get me wrong <laughs> I thought 2018's Halloween was really good, though. Right? One, one thing that makes me stand out against the other, and I, I've, I've talked about this on the show. I just listened to our episode. I know I talked about it, but is when Lori's granddaughter, who's a very smart woman, they've raised her up to be a fighter, a warrior, and you know, she comes. There's a there's a gate where Michael Myers steps out of the shadows, and she and then there's a gate between them. He cannot get to her, and she still runs away screaming. Yeah, people do things like that. Though. But I mean, yeah. when that happens, you lose the you lose the position of the character. You lose. I mean, I'm talking. I'm trying to bring in realism, which shouldn't be brought into it. But well, I mean, people still get scared. In people life. do people do things outside of their character, especially if they, if this girl who's been told the boogeyman exists her whole life and only half believes it, then it's shown the boogeyman. You know, I think you'd be now. She totally believes it. now, hundred percent. Well, I, mean, yeah. I just I'm excited for it. And I'm not excited. I just I want it to be good, like our motto. I just hope it doesn't suck. I, sure. I, I am excited for this one. I want to see it. What about you, Roger? You, was, I mean, you have strong opinions either way? I mean, I think the trailer looks fun, honestly. I think it's, it's going to be exactly what you think it is. He's going to get out that hole. He's going to kill a whole lot of people. And then we're just going to move right along. Yeah. So let's just make a prediction here. Do you think that all three generations of the Strode family, the women, the, her, her daughter, and her, and her granddaughter, are going to be alive at the end of, the, end of this movie? I will not I just, make that prediction. Why? Because I don't a want prediction. To. I have I a feeling. I have I a feeling. They will be. I have a feeling. Lori will not be alive at the end of this movie. I just I have, have a hard time feeling that she won't be. Well, especially when like the next movie is called Halloween Ends. They would both kind of. If she's going to die, she'd have to die killing Michael. I That's can't right. understand that. But I just have a funny feeling that one of the women won't survive, and I think it's going to be Lori. Only I because a lot of people don't survive. That's only true. because we see Michael literally holding a knife to the granddaughter's throat in the trailer. I think I think middle woman dies. I you think th- you think daughter Jane Greer. Da- yeah. Yeah. Okay. I th- I think she dies. You think daughter, mom, and grandma. You think mom dies? Yes. Okay. okay fair enough. All yeah, right. We're excited yeah. for that. That actually is not too far away. I mean, that's three Halloween. months away. It's weird. Three and months this away. This week will be Fourth of July, which is also weird. Indeed. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Appreciate that. Let's talk about Loki. All right. Episode three of Marvel's. Show Loki, which is on Disney Plus streaming, available for free, not behind a paywall. I mean, the subscription paywall. <laughs> well, right, of course. But once you're subscribed, it's all there. What do you guys think of? So, Chris, you are now caught up. I know last week you weren't. Were you hey, well, not I wasn't up? behind last week. I was the one that was. Oh, okay, Dude, Roger. I'm behind this week. So, so Roger, what did ah. you? Oh my goodness, guys! <laughs> it's 40 minutes. I don't get it. All right, <laughs> Roger, tell me what you thought about episode two. Episode three is pretty excellent, actually. Yeah, I thought um, it was pretty strong. This, I think, episode three so far is the weakest episode. Um, I just, I don't know, weakest. I don't know if it's a fair thing to say because it definitely sets the from where we're going after the big. So episode two was the big. This is what's actually happening. Like, we're going to try to cripple this main timeline so she can get in and go, so Selby can get in and go and kill the timekeepers or whatever she's got going on. So in this episode. Uh, the plans kind of go sideways and they end up uh, falling through a time door, ending up on a planet that is about to have an apocalypse event. So, and they're out of juice. So is, is this the, is this what we've seen in the trailer? Where he's not like, standing like this and there's like, like shit going on behind him. 
Uh, yeah, probably. Okay, gotcha. Lots of stuff is happening. Yeah. There's a planet falling into a planet. Aww. Not not great for everybody okay, involved. Okay, no, I mean. All bad. <laughs> All bad. So, I, the, 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 the next episode's going to be pretty insane. Usually doesn't a, a tame. 77, though, so. Doesn't a pretty tame episode usually follow a pretty packed episode? Yes. Yeah, that's what I figured. So next episode's going to be pretty insane. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, the storytelling in this, this show has been very good. And, like. It's weird to look at Loki as a good guy because like, he's not really being good. He's basically playing Tho- uh, Thoki, uh, Loki from Thor Ragnarok, just a little bit toned down. Like yeah. that's the spirit of Loki that we're. But getting. like we always have to assume that Loki's going to cooperate just long enough to get out of whatever problem he's in, and then he's out. Sure. And he's done. Like that's what he does. That's what he's done to Thor again and again and again. He's fooled Thor a number. I mean, in the movies, just in the movies, let alone their childhood. He's, you know, I mean. Well, but at the end of Thor two, you think he's dead, and then the beginning of Thor Ragnarok. Not all of us thought he was dead. Yeah, but I mean, he. If you watched the end credits, you knew he wasn't dead. Thor Ragnarok is an incredible movie, by the way. It's good. It's absolutely incredible. <laughs> Piss off, ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. So, I, and I, I also was really kind of into the conversation in this. Out of context, on them in episode three, a conversation they had about their mothers. Now, Roger, am I wait? Who's okay? Chris is not caught up. Roger, am I correct? I assume they're going somewhere with with that conversation about because I, are they trying to draw some kind of parallel or saying that they are? Well, I mean, they're all variants, so they should have semi similar stories to a point, and then there's going to be the variances. Um, the more important thing about this episode that we find out that. I'm going to spoil something for you, Chris. They end up touching into somebody's mind, the 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 timekeeper, whatever they are, cops, the TVA authority person that uh, Selby captured, took with her. She's tapped into her memories, talking to her, trying to convince her to give her something. And we find out that they're all variants. Hmm. Okay. Everybody that works for the TVA is a variant that has now works for the TVA. Okay. So with several hundred years of memories, so, all right then. Yes, <laughs> that was a big deal going. It is. A, it is a. That's probably the big takeaway from the episode. Is yes. that's the big bomb of of information that we know from this episode. Yeah, they're all humans, most or of some form humanoid with several hundred years of memories that are variances. Hmm. So, yeah, that's that. But yeah, I mean, listen, Loki's been great. I'm happy. I'm caught up. Um, two is probably the strongest episode so far, but like three, I like where it's going. How three ends, you're just like, well, damn. Yeah. That. <laughs> no, uh, no, Owen Wilson in three. No, not at all. No, because guy. because <laughs> I, I I was I was practicing over the way. You're just wait, hold on. Okay, you're not that guy. You know, you know, like that little tonality in his. Wow. In his, yeah. But you're not that guy. You know, as, I don't know. I just I love Owen Wilson. I hope to meet him one day. I hope he's not a dick. I hope he's not a dick. I don't think he would be. You know, a lot you, of people that I bet I, you he's exactly who he you think he is. <laughs> I mean, he's that guy. That I mean, in, in, in the same way that I think get Paul it. Rudd is a good dude. Yes, thank you. I got it. Just making sure you know. <laughs> exactly the same way that we assume Paul Rudd's a good dude. I also assume that like Owen Wilson's a good dude, and like just like a yeah, come over, have a beer. You know, one of those guys. But something tells me he might not be. But I hope yeah. anyway. So, Chris, I hope you enjoy Loki. So, next week, Wilson, talk about if you'd it. like to come on the show and discuss why Grayson <laughs> hates you, you're welcome to. All right. So, Chris, to get caught up on episodes, next week we'll talk about episodes four, th- well, four of Loki as that show continues. How many episodes do you think it's going to be? 
Eight, nine? Eight. I have a feeling it's going to be eight. It's going to round out at eight. The, the production value? Probably eight. It's probably cost now. Bit you know, the one thing I do appreciate about this one is Loki's like a hard 40 to 45. Yeah. Remember the first couple episodes yes. of WandaVision was like 21? Yeah. But I understand why they did that because that's how the, the TV shows were back in the day. Mm-hmm. So that's a nifty callback, but I like to you know sort out my time more efficiently. Yeah. I have a feeling that the person we are chasing is going to end up being Hala. I have a feeling it's it's it's, it's her younger version. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just predicting. Mm. Yeah. You don't you don't agree with me, or are you trying to no talk I me down? Agree, but I don't have a better answer than that. But I just I don't think that's the way it's going. Well, she's wearing Asgardian stuff like yeah, horns. She's a Loki moron. Well, I understand that, but like she's obviously someone that knows him and is close to him. I, mean, I say no, obviously as if it's not, but I mean I just Loki. But I mean, it could be. I don't know. I just have a feeling that's what it could be. Because they were very... Loki was like... The, the the mom conversation happened for a reason. Yeah, of course it did. So that's just kind of... Talked about who taught them magic. All right, so... Magic is very important to them. All right, let's talk about fatherhood on Netflix, which gutted me. Of course it gutted oh, me. Oh, Christ. What? You're saying because you don't want to talk about it because it didn't No, because you. I wept openly twice. <laughs> so did I. All right, fatherhood. Actually, Three times. Netflix original <laughs> film came out June eighteenth. Director Paul Weitz, the cast: Kevin Hart as Matt Logalin, uh, Alfred Woodward as Marion. He's the only person who has a last name in this movie. I think that's weird. <laughs> yeah, and then I like I actually like Lil Ray Howery as Jordan in this. I, I thought sure. he was very very good. And and Paul Reiser, who we don't see enough of, he was uh he plays Howard, um, Kevin's boss. Sure. Or, sorry, Matt's Matt's boss. Matt's boss. Uh, Dewanda Wise uh, is the is a female love interest Swan as she's called. There's a reason she's called Swan, but I won't ruin that. But uh, and uh, let's jump in. And oh, Anthony Kerrigan, which I love, is Oscar. By the way, hmm. Oscar. I thought cool. he was. Yeah, I thought he was a, a good character. I got to give me some new white people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny line. Yeah. All right, Roger, take uh, take thirty seconds and tell us what Fatherhood's about. So Fatherhood is a story of fatherhood for Kevin Hart's character Matt. His wife's pregnant there's the movie starts out um at uh, the doctor's office telling him hey we need to take this kid probably as early as today because you're you know you're at a healthy weight you know their doctors are regular doctors on vacation because that happens a lot in the movies apparently it does, it does. Um, but that's not really a problem here um they have to have she has a cesarean the baby's great everybody's doing great and then the morning after Mom has a pulmonary embolism, strokes out, and dies. Yeah. And things aren't so great anymore. And there's no spoilers there because that's actually in, in the IMDb description. Yeah, that's why it says <laughs> yes. So, yeah, not a spoiler. But listen, it's sad. It really is sad because, listen, that fuck you up, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they handled it well. The, that well, that scene right, right after. You know yeah. the scene that I enjoyed right in the beginning is when they start and he's giving the eulogy. And he just looks like a defeated man, and he's like, "This sucks." Yep. And like, that's all we can say. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's what I love because yeah, it sucks. this is next level for Kevin Hart. This movie, I think, propels him to new places he'd never been before. Oh, yeah, this is as, definitely more dramatic than we've seen. As far movie. as you know, maybe now he's going to get father roles. You know, very emotional stuff. Not well, that he hasn't well, before, but I've seen discussion about you know about if this is like worthy of. 
thinking of him as more of an actor, not just and not just a comedy actor, like like, like a, a comedian. Yeah, and I sh- I sure hope so. I mean, even his daughter, played by um, Maddie, or sorry, Melody Heard, Maddie Loughlin, she's also wonderful. But man, she has some. Between them, there are some hard scenes to watch, and I'm I'm, I'm going to rely on YouTube because I don't have kids. And Roger, of course, you have a daughter. Chris, you have two daughters. She's um that that girl who plays his daughter Melody. She's also in um she's in a TV show as well, and she's pretty good in that. I hear. Oh, good. Well, I'm going to rely on you guys because I mean, I it, it probably hits you guys a little harder than it did me. Well, yeah, we both have girls. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is you guys are probably felt that. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, so, but I mean, so it starts out with you know obviously his wife passing, and then we shift for the first couple of weeks after everything's getting back, and like he's getting a routine, he's doing okay. Mm-hmm. Like he's the I guess the best word to say is he's surviving. You know, he's not really ahead, he's not behind, he's kind of break even. He's got family there with him. His mom's there. His deceased wife's mother is there. Um, he has some hard conversations with uh, his mother-in-law because, of course. You know, it's her daughter that died, so she's just as messed up as he is. Yeah, they, they do a good job of framing the mother-in-law as like as like a, as like a possible person he's going to butt heads with, but they don't take it that direction. Well, and, I and think they do it well. They, they do because because you actually see a lot of her struggles too, and all she's sure. like, "Oh, damn." What you know, what so. what I what I credit to those conversations with the with um, Alfred Woodward as Marion is those are real conversations. Sure. Yep. They're not like they're not sometimes you can like oh that's that's it's well written but it's written for a movie. Like those are real com- when 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 she's like, "Well, I want the daughter to come live with us." And he's like, "No, she stays with me. That's what my my wife would have wanted." And like those are real conversations. And some of those are just they're so hard to watch play, play out because it's just so much emotion swirling about. Well, they've got that that sort of like semi headbutt thing just because I want to I want to do things my way, and you know she's not her daughter's not here to defend herself. And she would have wanted it this way, but they and I think they go about it a good way because in some things they completely agree on a lot of stuff. Yeah. And other things when she was like, "We're having her christened at St. Mike's, yeah, in Minnesota in three weeks," yep. and he's like, "Wait, three weeks?" And then just hard cut yep. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's that was kind of cool, but I mean the the whole story of this. Um, after, cause we do it, we do a large time skip. Yeah. We do what? Five years, which was jarring, but I appreciated it. Actually. Yes, I, I think f- without that, this movie is a typical two yeah. hour and 10 minute Netflix movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we do a time jump, you know, she gets christened. Everything's everybody's doing. Okay. I mean, that's the easiest way to say everybody's okay. You know, they're moving forward. You know, dad's going to survive. He's got a group of friends that helps him out. You know, little, um, what's his name? Jordan. And Oscar, mm-hmm. um, which do bring some nice levity to this movie. Um, but yeah, and the real thing picks back up, you know, basically when he ends up in a semi-relationship yep. for the first time in, what, five years? Enters back in the dating pool, yeah. Six. Yeah. She's six. Six, so yeah. So I thought that was because it was the same age as my daughter. Yeah, six years basically skip ahead. And, you know, he kind of is getting himself back out there. They're doing okay. He's got a good job. You know, she's going to school. He he has to fight with the school people all the time because she doesn't want to wear a skirt. She goes to a private school. Yep. Which is clearly a Catholic school. She's got to wear uniform. He lets her wear pants. Yeah. Because that's what she wants to wear. When they go to the, like, she, the, uh, the people, the, the headmistress tells them, like, hey, you got to have her wearing this. And they're, they're at, like, Justice, the little girl store. Yeah. Or little kid store. And. You know, she picks up like a bumblebee pair of underwear and she's yeah. like, I want to wear these. He's like, 
Fuck it. Yeah. I don't care. Right? I don't care. <laughs> Listen, as a dad, I get that. Yes. <laughs> I don't care. Fine. Yeah. I don't care. Yep. Wear it. Whatever. Um, you know, but he's in a relationship and the day after he decides to introduce them to each other, you know, something bad happens at school and he was hooking up with his girlfriend and things kind of start to implode a little bit. Yep. Not not anything supernova, but like the wheels are coming off. You know, he wasn't ready for what happened. He ends up at the hospital, happens to be the hospital that his wife died at, and things kind of go sideways for him for a while. Mm-hmm. It's pretty I, dark pretty quick. Again, I, I didn't expect it only because I didn't even I didn't even think about the fact that the little girl's in the same hospital and he's like, you, sure. you, you guys can't do anything right here. Like, well, I don't want to trust you with even the basic pers- – I mean he's mad. You, he's upset. You know what though? He's upset. But I appreciate when the, the doctor that's working on them is like, listen, if we don't do this now, she's going to have a really bad permanent scar. And he, he does the mature thing and lets them take care of it. Yeah. He, he kind of puts himself back in the box, mm-hmm. which also gets unleashed on his new girlfriend when he gets home. You know, so – Things don't go exactly great, uh, but that, that's what this whole movie is, right? It's just him learning how to be a dad because it's hard, especially being being a single dad must be incredibly hard. Oh yeah, it seems to be really hard. Yeah, especially um, a single dad with a career with all this. Other yes, stuff a successful thing. career. And here's the thing: single moms do do that all the oh, time sure. too. But it, it's a little bit different for for dads. We're not naturally, you know, programmed to be that caregiver. We're you know, we're more designed for the other side of that role. So to see someone that already has a successful career, wasn't planning on doing this by himself. All of a sudden he has to, you know, it, it's kind of a, a whole bunch of reactive moves instead yes. of planning. It's like, well, I have my job. I have my career. I have to keep this career, but I have a kid now. So I can bring the kid. I have to do this with the kid. I have to keep my career though. So I can keep on paying for bills. I have my family's help. I don't need their help. I didn't need your help before. It's, I need it's some hard. of their help. Okay. I need some yeah, help. I need yeah. Something, but I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of this that keeps on, it keeps on playing off of itself, you know, piece after piece in this movie. And I think it's done really well. One of my favorite scenes of this movie is after a couple of weeks and he ends up at the parent support meeting and the lady oh, was yeah. like, this is a mom support group. And he's like, that's bullshit. He's like, that sign out front says parents and I'm a single dad and that's not okay. Well, like, so, I mean, <laughs> That's what he says to him. No, like, no, it is. It is. It is. It. I'm willing to bet that that was an ab that they let him ad them ad lib that part. Sure. Because because he says something that he kind of doesn't stand up to. He calls her a liar. <laughs> you're a liar. He, yeah. He's, he's, he says he says he says you know that isn't true because that signs his parents. So you're a liar. And like, that, it, it pulled me right back to the stand up sure. stuff. So I I'm happy to see that they may have given him a little bit of leeway to do his thing, even though it was a dramatic role, not a comedic role. You know, I bet you they let him do that a little bit with the interactions with the little girl. And his friends probably. Too. Sure. Friends Dude, so the really, the really like jarring friend interaction that I mentioned is after everything kind of blew up on him. And he took Maddie to go stay with the grandparents in Minnesota for a little bit. He's back home by himself. Poker table? No, not okay. the poker table. No, the, the, the beer with Little Ray Howard. He shows up with, he doesn't say anything. Yeah. He just opens the door. Oh, He's got yeah, a six yeah. pack yep. of beer. And he sits down there sitting on the back deck. Yeah. And he was just like, what? You never thought I could do it, huh? Is that it? <laughs> he's like, cheers to me then. And you see a fucking t- yeah. He's like, I didn't say that. He's like, you fucking said it. Yeah. Like, he just kind of like, yep. yeah, okay. He's just like, ooh, this is really not a fun. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole story is, you know, it's just him being a dad yeah. and struggling through it. And it's a good story. I, I liked it. I appreciated it as a girl dad, which Chris is as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he felt the same way. This movie hit home for me a little bit harder 
um, than most people will because my wife almost died of a pulmonary embolism when my daughter was, I don't know, two years old. Okay. So I almost had that life going. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. And you know, him talking to a little girl, like they did so good together. Oh, yeah. Like that little kid is a smart ass and I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you guys if about that. If your dad, if you had those kind of conversations with your dad, you'd be a smart ass. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. So I get it. I appreciate it. I was it gonna, was very believable. But let's not also forget this is all this is also based on a true um, story. It, well, it's also based on a, a piece of literature called Two Kisses mm-hmm. for Maddie, a memoir of loss and love by yeah. Matthew Logelin. Sure. So I appreciate That's that. That's why he has the last name. And that makes sense to me. Um so and I wanted to ask you, so I, well, some of the conversations and even him showing up to that that um that parent single single parent thing is I feel like that's real and like sure. that was like no we got to include this because like that was one of my struggles for that year was getting people to like in groups I'm not a single mom I get it but I'm a single well, parent that, see that happens a lot as a, I have realized as a girl dad most most parent group things are primarily mom related groups they just really are yeah. it's nobody's fault it's just how it shakes well, out again to it's, it's that natural you know that that program to be the nurturer I think is where that comes in so sure and the single dad thing is not exactly nearly as common as a single mom option no, ever. God no. Or a two parent home. It's just not. It's it's the outlier. So yes. I get but it. It would be tough. Some of those conversations, like for instance, when they are they're they're getting their stuff out of the trunk and they're parked in the parking garage and No more questions. Is is that a common common Chris Roger, you I mean, is that a common conversation that you have with a young Remember daughter is conversation was when she's just asking questions that he can't answer. Oh no, he he's like he she's like where is Swan? She wants to know oh, where oh, she man. went, and then she he, Kevin Hart's already broken up with her. So we wh- broke up. You should get back together. He's like I can't do that. Yeah. Why? It should be simple. It's like it's not that simple. But like, I mean, it's why, conversation like that why is a very common question, and no more questions is a very common response. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. You know no, yeah, I mean? yeah, that, that absolutely <laughs> happens. It's you know, it's it's where the whole term your parents. You know, gave you go out. That's where the uh, I because I said so comes sure. from. Sure, because eventually it's just because it's what I said, and it, it's just it's something that all parents and kids go through together, and it'll happen with generations to come because a kid kids are curious. That's how they learn. That's how they grow. And parents are more providing structure and set ways. So it's just this is how it's going to be. But why? And it's just a, an exploratory thing versus a rigidity thing, and all parents go through it. So yeah, that, that, that's a very, a very common interaction. I don't know if the line of question is common. It's all situational dependent. Sure, but but those conversations know, happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I mean, I just I don't I just would be interested to know like if people are like, yep, that's exactly a conversation I have with my daughter, or I, I imagine having a daughter or a son right. at that age it probably doesn't matter a whole lot. The, no. convers- the conversations are all very similar. The gender of the child does not matter no, in yeah. those conversations. The conversations are all very similar, I, um, I would imagine. The yeah. other thing that I really appreciated in this movie is I appreciated his work people. Yes. You know, like when he's given the presentation and he's like nodding off because, you know, he's bored, he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. And he hears the kid crying in the very beginning of the conversation. Ends up giving his like stellar presentation with his kid wrapped around his chest, like swaddled in his yeah. sling. Yep. And he's sitting in the office and he's like, you can't fire me. And then like they knock on the door like, that was excellent. You'll hear yeah. from us next week. And he's like, well, I guess I can't fire you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then things just keep right yep. on moving. I would call back that too because later on he's like, he's like, I'm 
glad I didn't fire you. Fire you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. thank, thank you, sir. You know, it was neat seeing Paul Reiser in that role because I haven't seen him do much of anything recently. And also really gave me perspective on how short Kevin Hart actually is because Paul Reiser is not a tall man. He's like 5'4". Yeah, he's, he's, a, <laughs> he's a short guy. Yeah, he makes he makes me look look you know above average, which is awesome for him being Roland in uh, Borderlands. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> great, yeah, perfect. Oh, I can't wait for that movie. I guess he's jacked. Yeah, like shredded. <laughs> well, he's not in bad shape. Period. Yeah, I guess he's like shredded. So yeah. you know, one thing that I was calling back to, and this is a strictly me thing, I'm sure, but is uh, the movie Jersey Girl, where it actually starts kind of similar, with the mom dies, out right after childbirth, pretty quick. And then it's Ben Affleck having to, you know, then he does the whole kid. Yeah, raising, and then, but he firebombs with, you know, he makes fun of Fresh P. He he makes fun of Will Smith at some press conference, calling calling him a two bit actor, and he has to go back in the city and work with his dad. But uh, a lot of the same story beats were there. It's just one of those things that, like, I had seen Jersey Girl, like, within the past six months. I was like, oh, I was just calling some similarities. But I don't know if it's a movie you guys have seen. Roger, I'm sure you've seen it. Chris, I'm not so sure you've seen it. But I, that's just one of the movies that, I mean, there are other movies out there that, you know, have a dad raising a girl or, or a child by himself, and that's part. That's the story of the film. But I mean, that's just the one I thought of. But it was also a lot of the same story beats were there. So, I have I have an opinion on this movie. I feel like this movie, when it's doing the dramatic things, the like the things that are more drama filled, is it's a far better movie than when it's doing the comedy stuff. If it, it meshes well together, and Kevin Hart is a lot to thank for that. But I think this movie's at its best when it's being dramatic. I, I don't think the comedy was necessary as much as it was. I feel like this movie's very good. It would have been fine if it was like pure, like a pure drama the whole way through. Well, and the poster would, would suggest it, would the same it that is. Cast too. I think it would have been fine. The poster would suggest it's way more drama than comedy. The poster is both of them asleep in a crib. Kevin Hart's asleep. She's asleep on him. And it says in it together. But like it would, it would suggest that it's not a comp. So, the poster they chose to put up, I, I, I think, is strategic in, in, in a way that maybe yeah, they realized. I mean, there there is some comedy in this. A lot of it's line delivery, um, but I mean, this a is lot way of more Kevin Hart talking fast because yeah. that's what Kevin Hart does. Yeah. But I mean, I mean it's like seventy thirty um, drama comedy. Sure. Yeah. So a lot of people looking at this, seeing Kevin Hart in it, they're gonna, they're going to assume it's at least fifty fifty. You know of course, I mean? same so, with same with Will Ferrell in the the, the Shrink movie. I, I assume it's going to be more of a drama than a comedy. We don't know that. We don't no, know. I, I don't. We, we we've seen this. We haven't seen that. But I would assume <laughs> yeah. that the movie's going to be pretty similar. It's going to be a drama. But this one just, has way more drama than comedy. I just think that this does a very good job of showcasing what Kevin Hart's capable of, and I think this movie shined most as a drama. This is very good. Yeah, it's good drama. It, it definitely is, and it definitely it pulls on the heart, man. Mm-hmm. It, it'll get you. It made me cry multiple times. I mean, like I said, I'm not. Ten minutes never... and twenty six seconds in for the first one, I bet. Yeah, which one was that? That was when when the wife passes. Oh, sure, oh. sure. That well, was more than twenty six seconds. No, right? no, he said ten minutes and twenty six oh, seconds. Okay. Um, I think the hardest interactions I had is like when he's going through something and somebody helps him. Like that, to me, is when I'm just like, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So. Yeah. You love how he was. You love how he was uh, throwing dirty bottles and dirty. Oh, yeah. When he, he switches the one, and then the next one, the, the shitty diver smashes off the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how things happen. I watched this one with my wife, and um, and it got her three, uh, like two and a half times, too, crying-wise. As soon as uh, that scene happens, when they're montaging through that, and, and he throws the first diaper in there, and it goes through, and he's like, yes. She's like, why do we think of that? I said, that's a bad idea. And then 
Yep. <laughs> and that's why. Yeah, no, I see that. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. bad. Yep. All bad. And then I like the conversation about – they somehow turned a conversation about like baby poop and to made it more into a thematic role from the film. It's like – because Paul Rogers talking to him about – the boss, his boss is talking to him about, is our poop still runny? And he's like, actually, yeah. He's like, wait till you get solid. It gets a little better, but stalled poop still a hurdle. I'm like, that's kind of a weird, but very. Well, it's true though, because it's more weird than when you open a diaper and there's a solid human log in there, and you're like, where did this come from? <laughs> that's a peek behind the parent curtain for yep. you folks yes. who are <laughs> right there. That's not so. My I, I just want to take a minute. So we we came out of you. <laughs> so we 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 talked about it, but not like head on talked about it about. Let's talk about. I mean, we we brought it up, Chris. You brought it up about Kevin Hart in this role, which is mainly a drama, not a comedy. And Kevin Hart being known for it, he you know, he he was primarily you know he was a stand up comic, and then he's in a lot of funny movies. Uh, especially the past few years, Roger, we have watched a ton of Kevin Hart movies. Yeah, he's higher than he's ever been right now. So, if my point in this Kevin Hart thing about this taking him places that he otherwise wouldn't have ever gone is because I thought he nailed this role. That's all I want to ask you guys. Do you do you think he did okay in it, or do you think he just? I personally think he nailed the role of the Longland father of just a guy who's been completely destroyed and had to re, kind of had to rebuild himself. Do you guys yeah, think, get I, get that, or am I just on my own? I now? think he killed it. Like I, I think he did great, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Him getting yeah. more dramatic roles or semi dramatic roles, I'm okay with that. Like he doesn't always have to be the funny guy, and it's always nice to see people expand into mm-hmm. something different than that so no i'm usually excited when i see an actor do something that's outside their usual wheelhouse because listen if he'd have been bad i'd have been like this is not his you, kind of you, role you'd be like, you know you ain't the guy <laughs> you're not that guy <laughs> but you're not that guy all right so anything else you want to talk about this i, I really enjoyed this movie i want to make one mention i appreciated that this movie went away from like a usual trope in these kind of things the daughter is a little weary of, but is into Swan almost instantly. Yeah. And they didn't do the usual trope like this where the kid, like, you know, is super against it and hates if her. If this and movie was a gonna... complete comedy, that's what you'd have got. Exactly, yeah. yes. Yeah. But, and I'm so glad they didn't, because I, I even thought, you know, watching the movie in my head, all right, here we go. They're going to meet. She's going to hate her. She's not going to want to do anything with her. It's going to be a big a big failure on that end because of it. And Kevin Hart's not going to want to date, date the girl anymore because the daughter doesn't like her right away. And they didn't do it, and you know, good on them because that's a that's a that's a cop out move in a movie like this. Sure. Well, one of those conversations, that the one that we referenced already, that happened right after um, she gets hurt at school after she just falls on the playground, is one I th- I thought a really important distinction in in the script was when she was talking. I mean, she's Swan is always kind of walking on eggshells when it comes to Maddie because like she knows how important Maddie is to, of course, the father Matt, and like she's always kind of. I mean, right off the bat, she's a good person and, you know, very good for Matt Longland to be with. But, of course, his focus is 100% Maddie, even if only to prove, you know, the grandparents wrong. Um, That conversation that he has with her, like, I I wasn't – because he was over at her place, he wasn't – he didn't answer the first 19 phone calls about her – his daughter just had to go to the hospital to get stitches. I thought that was an interesting conversation was that should have – what happened to my wife should have happened to me, but it didn't. And I wish it had. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of. Well, that's something you'd say if you're pissed off and sad. And that's what I was going to ask you. Is is that a, 
is that a kind of a writer's thing or is that do you think that conversation would have gone that way no that, that's probably probably real yeah so i mean it brings me to another point where he's actually having to sit down talking to uh the 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 headmistress or nun at the school and she was like maddie doesn't have a female role model home he's like you think i don't know that yeah like he straight up slaps her back in the face mm-hmm. with it he's like you think i wanted any of this to be this way and then like she like checks herself and it like okay <laughs> all right he's like that's not what i meant and, and it's not her fault like she didn't really mean it yeah. that way but that's exactly how you would go if you were being attacked for being not having a mom or not having the female presence. Yeah. He's just being defensive because he's always had to be defensive. It's always just been them. So, which is why, you know, when they meet Swan and she opens up to him, like that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It really would be a big deal. So I hope wherever this guy is in real life, things worked out for him. Yeah. I mean, it really it does make you feel for the real Matt Longland. I hope how the movie plays out. I don't want to talk about the ending, what the series of events that plays out, but we end in a good it's worth place. A watch. Yes, we, we, the movie ends in a great place. It ends with a great place for Logland's, for both Logland's and the Swan. And I hope that that's. I, I really this is one of the few times like how I really hope it ended like that in real life too. Not that they're dead, but the fact that he finally just realized, you know, how movies have a way of coming together at the end. I want that because he deserves those two especially deserve that good ending. Catch a break, man. Yeah, I just especially the ice cream dance. Did you guys watch um did you watch a little bit after the credit started? Yeah. Roger did you? Did, no. Yeah, you have a head you have you have you have a tendency to like zip out of theaters like the first four seconds of the movie's over. Yeah, get out. We're well, done. This is, a, this is a Netflix movie. So But no, but Netflix they I mean there was there might have been like seven seconds of trailers or of of um credits before the scene started but um there's a scene where he walks her to school and oh, he, no, no. he's got pants yeah he's got a yeah. skirt i did see yeah, that. yeah 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 that's fine but like that's also a very nice way to like put a cap on that story too is well i mean part of that story was too there's like he's like <laughs> the nun looks at him he's like what if a boy wanted to wear a skirt to school he's like who cares it's 2021 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Which is, is exactly, exactly what he should have said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Who cares? I don't know why the nuns were so adamant about that nuns. in the first place. But like, why were they? I mean, is Catholic school really nuns. that rigid? Yes. It's like, why is the girl wants to wear pants? Let her wear pants. She's six. What does it matter? She wants to wear bumblebee underwear? Who cares? That's <laughs> cool, man. I wish they had those in adult sizes. <laughs> Weird that they don't. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Indeed. So let's move to score this. Um. I'll go first. Um, I was I liked fatherhood. It really got to me. I but I like emotional things. So I I'm just gonna admit that I think I'm scoring this higher than I should. But I'm gonna give it a six. Um, I think in retrospect it'll probably deserve a five. But I'm gonna stick with a six. I like. I thought Kevin Hart was spot on. Um, I think a lot of the conversations were great. Uh, There's a lot in this movie to like. Um, and if anyone, if you're wondering, should I watch Fatherhood? It's sad. You know, Roger and I are movie criers. Chris, I think you are an emotional movie crier too. I am not. Yeah. I, I, I am notorious for not crying in movies. And this one didn't get me. It liar. Liar. But this one, this liar. one happened. Goddamn liar. Nope. This one absolutely got me. And it's just there was at least two moments when I was – I definitely had tears coming down my face. Tears of the Sun is my only is – only <laughs> That's the movie you cried at with Bruce Willis and the, and the Navy SEALs? Yeah, that movie is oh, tough, man. man. It, is, it is tough. And as, as a 14-year-old boy growing up watching that, thinking about you know all the things that you know some people have seen, that's tough. That's a tough watch. 
It is. I mean, okay, sure. Let's fine. That yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'll score next. Okay. Right. Um, this is an above-average movie, and it's it's even more than above-average movie. This movie is a good watch. You know, this is a this movie, even though it's it's got a lot of sad tones and stuff, you still feel good watching this movie because you know you, you you like watching their story play out in a positive way. And this movie deserves, I think, a seven. This is a good movie. Well, good for, good for you. Good for you. I, I thought you were going to go. So I score this movie as a six. Uh, I think it's a very watchable movie. Uh, I think it does drag for me sometimes, but it's not overly long, which is I was very surprised on. Because mm-hmm. listen, when I see drama, Netflix, I assume two hours and ten minutes. When I see Netflix, I assume two hours and ten minutes. <laughs> right. <so. laughs> um, but I, I, I like this movie. I think Kevin Hart does well. I, I love Little Kid. Um, I think the whole dynamic with his friends and his uh, mom and her, his mother-in-law, I think it works great. Yeah. Um, I'd recommend this to anybody um, who's got kids. Take a look at it. You know, want to watch something a little bit different, Ken Hart? You know, Kevin Hart, I think it's a, a good step in that direction for him to get more semi-dramatic roles. More dramatic roles. I don't right. see him doing, like, Hamlet anytime soon, but <laughs> <laughs> this works. Yeah, I mean, look, Kevin Hart's a very talented guy, regardless of sure. what. I mean, he's very talented. I'm just he's excited to see popular. what he does next. Very popular man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? And it is on, it is, uh, so it is number one on Netflix and has been for days and days. So we'll see. Oh no, it's not. It was number. One. It was number three this morning. Yeah. Number one. I I I with Liam Neeson, which we're gonna watch next week, was number one. But Fatherhood for at least a week was number one when it came came out. So that's kind of a big deal to maintain number number one for you know consecutive days on Netflix. Seventeen days for Tiger King. Good luck on Tiger King's, King's record. Something did beat Tiger King's record. I'm positive something beat Tiger King's record. It's maybe in the past six months. You keep leading the Charlotte. No. Okay. Well, just Google it. I'm telling you how wrong you are. All right. Let's talk about. The theatrical release of the week, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. A lot of apostrophes, a lot of S's. Bridgerton. Oh, Bridgerton. I was just told by him Bridgerton beat Tiger King as number one on Netflix. More than 17 days. I, that's something I have to Google, but I, I think that was the one I heard was more than 17 days. Yeah. All right. The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard came out last, last week. Um, let's talk about the director, Patrick Hughes. With the cast of Ryan Reynolds, Samuel Jackson, Selma Hayek, Antonio Banderas, which I always love Antonio Banderas. Um, let's jump into it. Roger, why don't you sum this one up? So this is a follow-up to The Hitman's Bodyguard, which is slightly less absurd than this movie, <laughs> um, but in a very similar vein. Um, I like The Hitman's Bodyguard. I think it's pretty good. It's mostly just them two, Sam Jackson and uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, cracking jokes to each other and shooting guns. You know, that's that's really it. Um, but yeah, this is this is the next step in that chapter. I you know I didn't know if we needed more of this, but I'm happy we did because listen, it's extremely absurd. Um, a lot of Selma Hayek just being a vile, vile person, and I appreciate it so so much. Um, yeah, that's it. You know, plot for world domination uh, for Europe. The Europe's infrastructure to collapse, and they end up having to, you know, stop it from happening. So that's the real short version. It is, but here's the thing about the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard: is the Hitman's Bodyguard was funny. It was, I remember being funny. I remember being kind of absurd. But this just takes everything and just injects. It just ramps it, it up. It just injects steroids into that original formula, and Selma Hayek. How much fun do you think they had making this movie? Oh, I bet you that I bet you there are so many scenes where it's just them stopping because they can't stop laughing at her <laughs> just 
yelling just yeah. atrocious things in half English, half Spanish. <laughs> swearing with his other. And just look at the – so let's talk about the cast for a second. You know, you have Ryan Reynolds, Morgan Freeman. Uh, you have Salma Hayek, Antonio Banderas, uh, Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Morgan Freeman comes out of nowhere. Talk about the star power in this movie. Like, I mean, yeah. Morgan Freeman alone is is in Banderas. They've, they've been around for so long. And, of course, Samuel Jackson's been in a million things. Salma Hayek, Ryan Reynolds. Like, Ryan this Reynolds is one has of the, been in a million things. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is this is one of the biggest casts of the year, I think, so far as far as star power. Noticeable star power. Yeah. So I when I got when I was done with this movie, I had a great time. I was my jaw hurt so much from laughing, which is a good sign. And I, I stated before there was you know me, and then there was two couples behind us, and in the same row as me, there was another another dude that um, we were laughing the entire time. Almost every few minutes, it was another laugh, and I think it was very well deserved by the movie because it was, you know, absurdity to the maximum. Yeah, um, sure. So I love when Ryan Reynolds keep his body just keeps getting more and more hurt. And I was the where I laughed the hardest was was when he ends up hurt and then she just shoves him in the back of like a cart and then runs the cart into a boat. And just dumps him in. <laughs> yeah. Dumps his body in the boat. And I couldn't stop laughing for a minute. I thought I was gonna pee myself. That so, was so funny. I want to start with what I say about this movie. Was I enjoyed this movie. This movie is bad, um, but bad in a fun way, which is the only acceptable way to be a bad movie. Exactly, exactly. Um, because if, it's, if you're going to be bad, you have to be watchable, or at least this is watchable, just for the absurdity factor. So and decent gunplay, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah. So Above the, average this gunplay. Movie, this movie doesn't doesn't take long to get started, which I really appreciate. <laughs> what, five minutes? Not even. <laughs> like, they're, they're, he's in the... In the room with the therapist, and then the movie begins basically because it cuts right to him on vacation, you know, on sabbatical or whatever. Capri, like the pants. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, no, this movie was fun. I did laugh a lot. I, I, I didn't like it as much as you guys probably, but it's just not, not really like my style, my thing to watch. But it was fun. Well, so the original Hitman's Bodyguard dealt with, of course. Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson as Michael Bryce and Darius Kincaid. They're kind of crazy antics out in the world. Yeah, you um, had to get Darius to a war crime hearing in The Hague and all kinds of bad things happen. Takes um, you know, Darius, you know, allegedly killed one of uh, Michael Bryce's... Not allegedly. Know, no, he, he did kill, sorry. Definitely. I was trying to... Like, I didn't yeah. want to like, you know, but he killed one of Michael Bryce's pro- pro- protections um, assignments. And then that, that comes back again in this movie too, which I thought was... Very, you know, it's look. If, if you're going to do a sequel to an absurd rated R comedy, this is the way you do it. Sure. You know, you you bring you bring the characters back and you you add new ones. Just, I mean, because well, listen, they didn't really expand in story. Honestly, you know, the story for this one is, you know, Darius has been kidnapped. They got to get him. They get him. They got to they got to save the Europe. You know, that's that's it. It's and then the the weird subplot of them wanting to have a kid, which yeah. also hilarious. So. I mean, it's it's dumb as hell at sometimes, but like when Selma Hayek is standing over there talking about, or when they're huddled behind something, and she's like, "If you don't come with me, I'm going to get a strap on and fuck you till your dreams become your nightmares." Like, how can you say that and be like, "Whoa"? <laughs> no, I agree with you. It's so absurd and repugnant. You're just like, this is incredible. It's like the first time we, the well, just think about it. The very first time we meet Selma Hayek's character in the first movie, 
he's talking about when he fell in love with her and she like killed all the like stabbed the guy in the armpit at the bar with a broken beer bottle or whatever. Yeah, it's oh. like, yeah, no, you think that's gross, right? No, you don't want that. No. Um, but that's that's the vein of this movie. You know, they kill a lot of people, like she's a crack shot too, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, just things like that. I, I, I appreciated. I don't, know, I don't know what's going on with some of that. Stuff. <laughs> well, the whole plot of this movie, the plot is this guy's gonna release the super virus to into cripple a, the European infrastructure, a, so Greece can rise back to power. Yeah, into, into a junction box in the ocean, which would have never been put there. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, but is, is, isn't that like a, isn't that one of like the the lies behind the internet is oh it's it's under the ocean to, to keep it cool? Isn't that one like that's what no. some people I believe mean, that? Never heard it, and, and I am the internet, so whatever. Whoa. Whoa, that's, that's a, a bold statement. That's a bold claim, my friend. Today, right. today I learned Chris <laughs> is the internet. <laughs> uh, the things I appreciate, for example, are I mean, some of the things I laughed the hardest at were, you know, it's it's the it's the the themes they kept coming back to was, you know, she was just saying the most vile stuff. Oh god, yes. her mouth was just off the charts. Incredible. And just, <laughs> the timing was like, great. I wonder who wrote these lines. Mm-hmm. Are they just like, listen, we need you to say something like this? No. <laughs> uh, I mean, but I, what I also appreciated was, I mean, um, Michael. So Reynolds' character, Michael Bryce, he his body undergoes so much pain in this movie, and it's just so funny because he's usually unconscious or knocked out when it's like or like shovels fall on him. He's in the back of a van, and like everything just falls on him. It's so just, it's so when, funny when he was like, I'm hurt pretty bad. Like I got broken ribs. Cause he took a shotgun blast yeah. straight to the ribs. Like legitimately would yeah. break your ribs. And she's like, Oh, here, take some of these. You assume that they're painkillers. And, but like, you know, that something, <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you know, it's not. Yeah. But what happens? Like I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah. And I laughed. Like yeah, the, really, the dream sequence. Yeah. The really hard. So he goes on this, like he jumps in this van before everybody. And he's and, like, there's this big, like a triple a rated bodyguard. that's you're like impressed by his skills. As he's whipping this van through yeah. these tiny little streets. And then it <laughs> cuts out and he's just unconscious face down laying on the horse. Like I laughed yeah, at that. Yeah. That's stupid as hell. But I laughed because of how they set that up. I, I can't stop. Laughing. I'm trying to admit, like, I know Maybe you guys are probably I was all messed up on Valor. But when it when it hard cuts out, like he's he's just face first on the steering wheel, like drool coming out of his mouth. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. It's, like, it's so funny to me that, that but that's also my kind of yeah. comedy too. How dumb as hell, but funny. But just, like, it's it, it just it backs up the absurdity n- nonsense. And I, I I love like the 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 bodyguard that he's trying to be is like the obviously like that that guy who looks like a model that like has all the abs, chiseled chin, and he just like. And then, of course, Ryan Reynolds is nothing like him when he, when he actually stands next to him. I just think that's also great. And Antonio Banderas is Aristotle Poptolopoulos. Like, could, could you come up with a more ridiculous name? Could, well, could you, if well, you listen, hold that's on. Hold on. Name. That's actually, yeah, that's yeah. very Greek. Yeah, so, well, yeah. Well, it's very Greek, but I mean, like, it's a name. They're just like, we need a super Greek name for this. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, but I mean, is, is, is yeah. it worse than Cade Yeager? No. Is any name ever worse than Cade Yeager? No. We are on the hunt for a name worse than Cade Yeager in Moon movies. I'm always on the hunt to prove Roger wrong. If we get it, I'll fucking <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> we've had some sim- we we've had some runner ups, man. We 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 have, uh, and like Gary Oldman's very very you know quick appearance as Vladimir Dukovic. Oh yeah, he was the bad guy from the first one. So. Yeah, uh, and I mean, 
So there, it's like the whole thing on the boat with the like the like the last like fifteen minutes with Morgan, like with Morgan Freeman. Also, that's pretty impressive too. They somehow made us Frank Grillo in this movie. Yeah, that's he's anybody could have been Frank Grillo in this movie, right. but Frank Grillo is in this goddamn movie, right. so it's all right. But he doesn't do mean? anything cool. He doesn't. Well, well so, except you know, deliver... he does shoot the one barrel to go grab the shirt. Yeah, don't forget, there's going to be a third one of these. Of he, course. So, and he might come back. Of to play course. Now. I don't know. It's not doing well. I mean, it didn't do well. So the first one didn't either, though, right? I, I think, they, I think they, they have a lot of fun, and they're like, "Listen, we're shooting this for six months in Italy," and they're like, "Fuck yeah, we yeah. are." Yeah. <laughs> listen, all this is. Is an Italian vacation package? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean. Sure. They show you all the they show you yeah. all the hits, baby. Yep. So the, so just free Florence. So just stuff. for a little um, just for a little reference here, the first one had a budget of thirty million, and ended up doing one hundred seventy six worldwide. So that that's was a, a win. Yeah, that's a huge win. win. But seventy five that was domestic, one hundred was international, which you know mm-hmm. makes makes sense. The hitman's body wife's bodyguard doesn't give. Oh, the domestic opening was only eleven. But it doesn't give a budget, and the worldwide is only thirty-one. So I, I don't know if they're gonna if they can chalk that up well, to COVID or different times too. You know what I mean? So what well, so I'm saying is, you know, yeah, we're, I'm we're coming out of the pandemic. I we do get a third one. Yeah. I sure hope so because I will be excited a year out from this because this movie did not make did not let me stop laughing. Yeah, I mean, it, even it really is just absurd. One of my favorite scenes when uh, was when he's talking to his wife on the phone in the bar and like behind him riding around is like acting out doing coke. <laughs> no. Yeah. So they have his bar scene. Like they end up back at the same bar because of course they do. Yep. And he was like, fuck it. I give up. He's like, you want to do coke? And then Gary just looks at him. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? And he's on the phone and he looks back over him like a minute later and he's like pantomiming, crushing up a line and snorting coke. And I'm like, this is wonderful. <laughs> But how much of that do you think was written in like zero percent? Like, like you, think, you, you think Ryan just did that in the background and the director's like, we got to do that. They got a bunch of beers in each other one, and like, listen, just go. Have well, fun. so uh, here's the thing, right? Like when you get Ryan Reynolds at this point to, to be in your movie, you're not getting Ryan Reynolds ads. You're getting Ryan Reynolds. It's all it's all that's happening in any movie he's in at this point, which which is okay. So I mean, that bar scene probably was just all Ryan Reynolds because they were just like. It's like you know, Sam, they're like Sam. Say something. Let Ryan yeah, go. Yeah, they're like, Sam, Sam. You say this. Yeah, Ryan go. Yeah, Sam. Say this stuff. Some way. Get there. Use your phone if you have to. And Ryan's gonna do things. And <laughs> there's your scene. Like there's your direction. Yeah. And your cast is big enough to where they can kind of just do that, which is cool. And when Ryan know. takes those those um, darts, <laughs> one dart knocks the other two out each. <laughs> And then like yeah, he gets a dart in his neck and then turns around and gets like three in his face. But like it's that it's that thudding like wet meat sound. You gotta stop looking with hate. Start looking with your heart. <laughs> That's a quality line. It is. Well, so like and like you guys mentioned the uh, last fifteen minutes of this movie. I think that would have been a better choice for them to not go the comedic route with like the very end of this movie because something big kind of happens as a character moment, right? Sure. And. I lean into whatever happens next. You could use that as a setup even, but wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you see that coming? I didn't see that. I did not see that coming. At Absolutely. All. Saw that coming. Oh, 100%. I hundred percent. I didn't see, I thought they were going to, I thought they were, he was really going to get his license reinstated. And now I guess the, the running gag in these movies is going to be that he doesn't, he's never going to get his license reinstated. I thought okay. the running gag was going to be his licensing it revoked. Well, I mean, licensing it. It was up for review. It's yeah. not actually exactly. suspended. Yes. Yeah. It's just up for, it's just pending review. Yeah. So, I mean, there's um, 
Well, you guys said Frank Rio. He said some. I mean, he had some pretty hilarious one-liners too. Hit Sean Connery over here to get the helicopter. Is <laughs> the girl he's with? She says her name. He, she's like Isol. He's like asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, a beat. Yeah. This immediate was not like, wait, what? Yeah. No, he's like asshole. Asshole. Isol. It's, like, it's typical uh, common. What you saying? A common Scottish name. Yeah. He's like, all right, William Wallace. <laughs> just keep saying this ridiculous tropes. Yep. Oh yeah. And then he's yeah. like, he's like, get the chopper. We're, we're we're going to Italy. Like he says it in a Scottish accent. He just, I, I'm telling you, that was not a mistake to put Frank Grillo in that role. No, and I think they're like Frank. We need you for two days. And yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, I got this. All right. Yeah. Cool. He's like, oh, like if there's a third one, I want to be in it. They're like, fine, yeah. fine. Two, two, <laughs> two days later, I could have been the third one. Yeah, I'm showing up. Right. I like your. If there's a third one, I'll be in it. And they're like, okay, fine, fine, fine. Sure, fine. sure, whatever, man. Yeah. I do love when he's looking at the plans and he's like, last time I saw plans like this, Bruce Willis tried to drill through a fucking asteroid. <laughs> that, was, that was clever. I laughed the most of that, that part. But there, there were so many movie that callbacks. That was the joke that got me pretty good. I, I stopped like after like the sixth like movie reference I stopped recording them in my mind because like it's more fun I don't want to talk about them because asteroid it's 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 more fun if people like see the movie and get them themselves but yeah that was that was I mean there was a ton of movies referenced in this movie yeah which is great and I'm I here mean, for it I love when they're just walking down that corridor him and um Sam Jackson and he just like picks up the swords and the mace off the wall. Yeah, and Ryan 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 Reynolds is like, did you get the Mace Windu reference? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I want to see what Mace will do. (laughs) (laughs) He laughs to himself. (laughs) But I I also love I also love when Ryan Reynolds is like, pick up the gun. He's like, Mace. But I think it's funny because like no one ever, ever would have chosen a mace over a gun. Yeah, I love no that he one. buries it in that dude's throat. Though. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> well, it's this meaty yep. So now, this movie does have decent action, like for real. Yeah. Like it's well, it's the same as the John Wick, right? Yeah. yeah same, so same I, 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 as soon as it, I didn't know that going in, as soon as I was like, oh, okay, so there is gonna be some cool gunfights. All right, it, 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 it works. works. Yeah. It works. Yeah. But oh, also, it's it's one of those fights, quote unquote, was I think mainly centered on on Salma Hayek, right? Because she does a lot. She does the majority of the shooting in this movie. Yes. And she kills it, many, many people. Many men, really. Yes, and one woman. Yes. What do you think? So, the, what do you think the body count in this movie no, is? So, okay. When he's like, we got to get in there and get Darius, and like he's like doing like the ninja jumps over things, and she's pulling her shirt off. Yeah. And he opens the gate. He's like, "Wait, what happened?" He's and where the hell is your shirt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where the hell is your shirt? I, I love when that scene finally comes to full circle and then he was like no anyone but anyone but bryce yeah. like, you said get bryce like no 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 i said anyone but, but bryce i'm laughing so hard i i enjoy this movie so much so one one more question i want to ask you is a lot of we talk about how in you know in in a more serious movie for instance we just talked about without remorse a few weeks ago sure. how the the the, the enemies the, the the henchmen couldn't ever seem to land a bullet on anyone that mattered as far as you know, character wise. No, like, but this is over the top. Comedy. But no, but this is that's what I'm talking about. Is in a movie like that, it doesn't. That is kind of a that's kind of a, a discussion point. But in this movie, it's like, yeah, that's kind of right along with the rest of the the, the tone of the film. Is you know, you want the you want the action and you want the good guys to win and you don't you don't want any of the bad guys to survive or hit anything. So that's so. So I wouldn't fault this movie for for that. But I mean, I this would. Is, this is dumb movie fun. Yes, like this is what this yeah. is, and it's okay. That's. It's okay. There's a line I want to say of Selma Hayek's, but it has a C word in it, so I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think one of the better lines in the entire movie. <laughs> oh man. Um, anything else you guys want to say about this movie as a as just an absurd rated R comedy? I think there's a lot of discussion there. 
that like differs from other movies. I mean, John Wick, of course, is very different, but John with, Wick is not a comedy, though. No, no, not at all. But even with the, I mean, the the gunplay in this usually is pretty good, and even Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife. So, I mean, is is there really a difference between you know the rated R stylings of both? Outside of one's not a comedy, one kind of is a comedy. It's the language in this one that really puts it over the top as as a rated R movie because i mean salman Hayek's mouth is just foul right just yeah. completely like unforgivable in the church of god yeah. <laughs> like, it can't yeah. happen so other than that though like there's no there's no over the most gratuitous violence we get in this is is the flail to the neck like that's the that's the nastiest shot we see right of someone just being murder faced in this in this movie so yeah. like you know the Reason why it's rated R and what's like, setting up apart, they're two different movies. Like, this is rated R, I think, mainly because of the language and the blood, whereas the other one is yeah. because of the, the, the incredible amount, violence and amount of violence that you're seeing. So, a little bit different. Well, yeah, that's just one of the distinctions to make, but I really just there's a sense of enjoyment here that I, I just think you got to have once or twice a year. The absurd sure. rated R oh, comedy. Stupid line. fun, stupid movie fun. This so movie's fine. So, let's, yeah. let's, let's move to rates. So, here's where I think it's gonna be a little. For me, this is one of the more difficult things because I so thoroughly enjoyed this movie, but like I also realize it's really bad. Sure, not not really bad, but it's just not up to par. But so I'll go I'll go first on this one because I'll give you guys how I scored it, and you can adjust accordingly. So I look at this movie is very similar to like Mortal Kombat. Okay, we talked about Mortal Kombat is a bad movie, right? But it was stupid fun. Like mm-hmm. it checked all the boxes of what you want a stupid fun movie to be. Uh, there was enough comedy. There's enough violence. It did what it needs to do. And I think this movie is obviously a very different movie than Mortal Kombat, but in the similar vein. Like, this movie's like a four, four and a half, probably. I'll go four. Yeah. Um, I would probably watch this movie again. There's not a whole lot of people I recommend it to be like, listen, great movie you got to check out over the weekend. Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. But if anybody asks, hey, did, did you watch that movie? Yeah, did you like the first one? Because if you like the first one, this is right up your alley. Yep times two okay um it's not it's not a great story it's kind of funny it's got good gunplay it is what it is it's a very watchable four now i, I hate to say things like that but you know we gave mortal kombat a very watchable three yeah it's <laughs> probably better than mortal kombat uh, is yeah. better than mortal kombat to me so but not significantly so <laughs> so i think a four is very fair yeah. in my little world yeah so my, my thought process is is the same as yours i'm gonna score a little higher than you though so this is the definition of a five for me, right? Because the marksman, right. the marksman's a four. We okay. didn't like that movie, but it's it, and it wasn't. It works. Right? It worked, but like I couldn't recommend it. If someone said, "Hey, I'm going to go watch this movie," wasn't any good. I can say, I mean, if you're th- if you're already thinking about watching it, you're probably going to like it. You know, you know what you're in for. Yeah, it's I mean, fun. that's the thing. Like this review should not convince anybody yep. to go watch well, it. Well, that's why I think a hard five is good for this one, sure. right? Because if you're already looking into this. You're probably gonna laugh. You're gonna like it. it. It was a good enough movie for what it was. I had a good time. One great story's terrible. Doesn't got to be good because the comedy and the gunplay and the violence, which are there for it works, and it does that very well. It's a five. Yeah, I was gonna give it a five for those same reasons. It is a great time in the theater. It's a great reason to get back into the movie theater. Uh, that's, I mean, a next lot of great reason. I mean, if you well, don't next week is it. well, next week's not the first reason, but like I feel like a quiet or Godzilla vs Kong was one of the first reasons. And then, of course, Quiet Place Part 2, and then Fast 9. But, I mean, if you're looking for other reasons, this is certainly among the second-tier reasons to go back. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. It is, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a cast you 
you know, you recognize every single person that's of big name. You've seen tons of films on, on all of them. I mean, it's, you know, it's Morgan Freeman in a different role. It's kind of, again, absurd. Um, he's like a 75 year old man that's still doing action. I love when he's like, I'm a 90 year old man. Of course I wear Kevlar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think it sits at a five. And I, I think enjoyability factor, like we talked about in Mortal Kombat. I think if you go for enjoyability, I think it's, I mean, I think this movie is like a seven and a half or an eight as far as like if you will laugh in the theater 100%. But I mean, that's that Mortal Kombat's like, Chris, you gave Mortal Kombat a three and then you gave Mortal Kombat a six. Well, a, a three on the real scale, six yeah. on the Mortal Kombat yep. scale. Or yeah. I think it was more like an eight on the Mortal Kombat scale. But I would do the same thing for Hitman's, the, the Hitman's Life Bodyguard. It yeah. works as what it's trying to be. And it's, the movie is very self aware that it's trying to be absurd rated R comedy and it doesn't try oh, to be yeah. anymore. I mean, so, I mean, we, said, we said during the Mortal Kombat thing, if you walk into the Mortal Kombat movie not knowing what the hell you're getting into, not being a fan of Mortal Kombat, your fault. you're going to hate your life. Yep. You know what I mean? That is just, no. that, that is the worst $20, $30 you spent in the movie theater mm-hmm. ever. But if you're a fan of that series and you're going in there, you know what you're doing. You know why you're there. It's a goddamn great movie for that reason. That's what. That's how I feel th- this one. I mean, yeah, the comedy cool. hits home for a lot of people. You know, it just, it works. So this, this is one of the movies that for me falls between the cracks of – you know, people that really like, you know, people that consider themselves like cinephiles and like talk about each movie like, well, the like camera angles. Like well, they, yeah, they also go skiing in the Well, but like they talk about, oh, the camera angles weren't great. And the, what was the director? Of course they're not. <laughs> camera angles in this movie are fucking terrible. Well, but it. no, they're not terrible, but they're, they're just standard. They're just, they're yeah. just run of the mill angles that you would use in an everyday movie of like this. But I mean, there's nothing. That's what I've always thought falls between the cracks of people's analysis is movies like this. It's just, it works. There's, you don't need to really dig that far deep into it because you're not meant to, you're meant to just enjoy it and have a good time. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. It's a great way to, that's, that's right. how it goes. All right. This has been episode 232 of for the love of cinema. Each new episode, episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on podcast service of your choice. Of the following five, iTunes, Podbean, Google, Google Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Please check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check out the page on Facebook. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Check us out there and send us an email to For the Love of Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at Fast Nine and The Ice Road. So get ready for some Vin Diesel, Liam Neeson action. Liam Neeson versus Vin Diesel. Dude, now that's a fast movie I'm in for. Ooh, wouldn't that be awesome? Him oh, being yeah. like the 10th villain. Well, imagine, Vin, imagine Liam showing up and like, just like, uh, like one of those big old semis on an ice road. Just just, yeah, it's like, you know. Yeah. <laughs>